This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. I sat across from her and was shocked at the way she, well, there's no other way to describe it, but she she tore into another individual verbally. It was obvious that she was out to hurt, to do damage, and to, to somehow relate that she had been wronged because some other person didn't fully realize her importance and ask her permission. She was certain it would fail. She repeated again and again how she had been left out of the loop. No one cared to ask her opinion. And so it would leave her to pick up the pieces of the mess. The sad part was there was no mess. I watched her as her face turned different shades of red. I felt terribly uncomfortable. I tried to offer suggestions to de-escalate the tirade, but she turned on me. It was awful. And the feeling that it brought into the pit of my stomach was still there the next day. So I had to talk to her, you know. I knew it. Even though she isn't a Christian, what she did was wrong. The way she spoke to others in the room, the particular singular purpose that she appeared to have to cause pain to others, to hurt, to harm, it was palatable. So I walked into her office. I sat down and said, How are you? I care about you, and I was very uncomfortable in the meeting yesterday, and I'm worried about you. She turned on me, angry. She spent about 15 minutes justifying her hateful behavior, <laughs> how it is the way businesses get things done. The fact that, to her, this was just speak shaking things up. I sat, I listened, and slowly the conversation shifted, softened, saddened. She was scared. She was scared for her child. He had made bad decisions. Horrible decisions. Decisions that he would pay for for the rest of his life. She was shocked. I mean, that's not how she raised him. The more she poured out her heart, the more I heard the pain and sorrow be- below the anger. And there was something else in there. Something I was or am familiar with. She talked about the decisions she had made throughout her child's life. The details just kept pouring out, and with it, that emotion that was at the bottom of it all. Regret. That, for me, is one of the worst emotions, that feeling that you just can't go back and redo it. It's done. Except dealing with the emotion that's a loss and the pain for what was not done, or what was done, like... Like maybe, well, Adam in Genesis 3, who ate the fruit his wife gave him, gave him and realized the consequences were eternal. I wonder if he wished he could just have that moment back when he took the fruit or back to the moment that God allowed him to confess and, and he didn't. I wish that he could, he could just take it all back. Or perhaps Reuben in Genesis 27, who allowed his brother to be sold and didn't speak up and lived with the regret believing he was responsible for his brother's death every single day. Or Jephthah in Judges 11 who made a rash promise to sacrifice the first thing that came out of his house and it was his daughter. How long did he cry over that regret? Years ago, I decided to make a huge change in my life and attempt to live without regret. I know, it's a hard one, isn't it? And well, practically impossible, and probably is. But regret had plagued me. I felt my soul drowning in it at times because 
I knew better. I knew better and didn't. I, I could take an opportunity and didn't. I never wanted to live like that again. I never wanted to have that feeling. But it was hard to do, to remove regret. So I did a lot of study about those that I believe did not have regret. For example, John the Baptizer in Matthew 14, he spoke up against the king for the king's adultery, and he was beheaded. He was killed. But I don't believe that he had a minute of regret, not for that decision to stand up for trying to save Herod's soul and for any who thought that what Herod was doing was acceptable. So if you're unfamiliar with this account, John the Baptizer spoke against Herod's mistress, his father's wife, publicly. I mean, everyone knew it, right? It was old news. And Herod's wife had him beheaded. Or or what about Joseph, who accepted the years in prison, being sold into slavery and persecuted, and being okay with it, fully and completely fine with it, knowing that it was for God's purpose? In Genesis 50, chapter chapter 50 verse 20 I said it a lot of others and I thought I want to live like that like John or like Joseph to know with my whole heart what is right and to be so fully living in that place that the decision to do what is right is without regret no matter the consequences unlike the person that poured out her heart to me full of regret full of regret for how she raised her child to the point that she didn't know what was going to happen to his life and that caused her to lash out at others because of her deep pain and hurt for that regret she felt for her child knowing that it would never go away so I wanted to live without regret without becoming that bitter angry person that's consumed by the pain of regretting what was done wrong and what was left undone. And I believe there's only one path to that place, that place of no regret, knowing fully that any decision that one makes is full knowledge and compliance with the Word of God. Oh, we will make mistakes, of course. It's because we're we're fallible. But the deeper desire to follow in his steps will lead us where we should go. No regrets. And always will get us where we want to go. As long as you know what the destination should be. And we're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. That is the path of no regrets. And that's the peace that patheth, passeth all understanding. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.